This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the night spot here. Bringing good trouble to the right wing bubble. We are at 866-997-4748. For the next three hours, 866-997-GRIT. We have a lot of ground to cover. We have a lot of Michigas to make sense of. We have some terrific guests on the show tonight. Uh, we will be joined by Keith Price, our comedy daddy, later on. Chris Hauselt's our executive producer. Running this thing from South Carolina, the great Thea Harper manages this beast from our studios over there in Brooklyn. And I'm John saying It's so good to have you with us. Yeah, good show tonight. We're going to be joined by the great Joe Sudbay to talk about Donald Trump's many, many, many legal problems and, of course, the Supreme Court. And as well, all night long, our most important guest is you guys. 866-997-4748 is our number. We would love to hear from you guys. We are just like cable news, except you don't have to look at me. And we love to hear from you. 866-997-GRIT. A couple of things. We got a great 4th of July special coming up that I hope y'all will listen to. It's coming up tomorrow night to kick off the big day. Um, Congresswoman Susan Wild joins us, and we talk about so many different issues, but from tech hubs in the Lehigh Valley, child care for working families, all the great drug pricing measures she helped get in the Inflation Reduction Act. She's a really smart Democrat from a very competitive red and blue district who keeps getting reelected and knows how to have policies that help working people that also appeal to Republican voters. She's super smart. We'll be joined by Kenneth C. Davis, the great historian and author of Don't Know Much About History. Also, uh, Professor Eli Merritt of the of Vanderbilt University, his book is called Disunion Among Ourselves, The Perilous Politics of the American Revolution. It's a fantastic book all about um, how in the Revolutionary War days, everybody hated each other. No one trusted each other. We weren't really as united as we said we were. We couldn't stand each other, but we had to come together for the good of all. It's happened a few times in our country's history, but I had no idea how disunified we were. And then uh, Kelly Richmond Pope, who is um, a professor of forensic accounting at DePaul University in Chicago. Her book is called Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories and Secrets from the Billion Dollar Fraud Industry. It is a riveting look at the perpetrators and the victims and the whistleblowers 
behind financial crimes. All that in an hour three, another edition of Theoretically Speaking, starring the great Thea Harper. That's all tomorrow. I hope you'll tune in for that. It's a great Fourth of July special. For now, <laughs> let's talk about what happened today. And I want to hear what your thoughts are and what your feelings are. And it's okay if they're mixed. We're at 866-997-4748. Let's do a show. Um, I'm always excited anytime we can get the great Joe Sudbay to come on down here and talk to us. You might have just enjoyed Joe Sudbay uh, guest hosting the Dino Badala show. He's guest hosted our show. It's always very jarring when we're gone and Joe fills in and you guys get used to a real broadcaster who knows what he's doing and doesn't keep hitting himself in the head with his microphone all the time and weeping like me. You get a real guy and then you got to get back to me again. It's the guy raises the bar in uncomfortable ways is what I'm trying to convey here. And you can always hear Joe on progress on the weekends on State of the States. Just a little bit of a busy news day. What a great pleasure to welcome back the great Mr. Joe Sudbay. Well, John, it is always such a treat to spend time with you, and I really appreciate you asking. Uh, it's It has been quite a day, quite a historic day, and I think it go down in a dark, as a dark day in American history, to be honest. Absolutely. And before we dive into it, I do just want to talk about a little bit of sunlight that came through and didn't get too much coverage. But the Office of the Special Counsel apparently is negotiating with Michael Roman, who was closely involved in the efforts to create the fake... Trump electors in the states that Biden won in 2020. Um, it looks like they've made a deal. He has emails referring specifically to the words fake electors. One of them says maybe we should call them alternate electors. But this is a former Trump campaign official who apparently may have already cut a deal to flip. And I guess we'll have to see if Smith has enough evidence to bring charges against Trump or Trump's lawyers for January 6th related crimes. Well, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think the thing that the Trump people have seemed to fear the most, Trump himself has feared someone would flip. And he seems to have worried about this incessantly. And, you know, I think it's always important to remember where Trump came from and who his yes. who his first lawyer was his yes. first lawyer was roy Cohn, <laughs> his and sith master his sith right? master let's yeah definitely please so everything has to be seen through that lens of um all trump's legal machinations come through the lens of a guy who was just pure evil um so yeah i i and and, and they have been very worried very worried about somebody flipping and it looks like this guy might have having conversations at least um so it's really interesting also i don't know if you saw this but um andrew feinberg who was the first he's at writes at the independent he was the first reporter to say that you know the indictment was coming the last time he's actually uh, got a new article that prosecutors are prepared to hit trump and his allies with new charges sources say and like mm. i said this guy got it right before so We'll see, John. It just feels like it's all getting closer, doesn't it? Like it feels oh, I mean, like. Yeah, I don't know what the it is. I mean, let's yeah. let's go through the year so far. We've already had the one point four million dollar settlement for the fraud by the Trump organization. We've already had a jury of New Yorkers declaring Trump criminally liable for sexual abuse against E. Jean Carroll. We have him indicted in New York. He's indicted on 37 felony accounts. And we're waiting to hear about him being indicted in Georgia and more federal indictments. For January 6th. Am I leaving something out, Joe? I'm sure I am, right? Well, um, there was some news today that a federal judge uh, in another case that E. Jean Carroll has brought said that um, his claim of presidential immunity, quote unquote, to deny her 
defamation suit that was yes. denied and she gets to proceed with that case and i'll tell you i have so much respect for e Jean carroll and her lawyer roberta kaplan is you know when i found out that e Jean carroll had hired robbie kaplan robbie kaplan vanquished the defense of marriage act um she's a friend of mine i thought he has no idea what he's in for and it has been luscious to watch and this is a day after Trump files this ridiculous countersuit against E. Jean Carroll, claiming defamation against her. This after her victory in this five million defamation case. And now he's saying she defamed her because he defamed her again. I think Donald Trump might be trapped in the 90s where Donald Trump suing you all the time works. I'm not sure what this what what strategy could be behind this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um he also had to set aside $5.5 million that's going to be paid to E. Jean Carroll once his appeals are finished. So, you know, this is costing him some serious money. You know, he never yeah. pays his bills anyways, but he had to put that $5.5 million into uh, like an escrow that she will get. So, you know, I, this is the thing. You're exactly right, John. This is a guy, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it and I said it last night. I said it on Dean's show today, you know, Yusuf Salam won his primary, right? Very yes. significant. It was a great win. And think about the way the Manhattan District Attorney, the New York City Police went after those five boys for something they didn't do. Yep. And think of, you know, while Donald Trump was out there saying that they should be executed. Think of the crimes he was committed that in many ways, Morgenthau and his successor at the DA's office, Cyrus Vance, knew about. They knew there was shenanigans. They knew there was illegality. They never went after them with the ruthlessness that they went after those boys. And that just shows you, it, you know, talking about uh, this affirmative action case. Does racism exist in America that yeah. Donald Trump is exhibit A? Thank you. Amen. Let's not forget. I mean, he was too racist for Nixon. When <laughs> when you and your dad are so racist, Nixon sues you for being too racist. That's 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 like Keith Richards hosting your intervention, Joe. Is it not? That's that's just my God. I want to play you a clip of the president okay. after the Supreme Court ruling um, and what's driving it. And uh, I know you have thoughts. Uh, I mean, affirmative action for white people is safe. We do know that. But here is Joe Biden earlier saying we will not and this will not and must not be the final word on this subject. I've always believed that the promise of America is big enough for everyone to succeed and that every generation of Americans, we have benefited by opening the doors of opportunity just a little bit wider to include those who've been left behind. I believe our colleges are stronger when they're racially diverse. Our nation is stronger because we use what we because we are tapping into the full range of talent in this nation. I also believe that while talent, creativity, and hard work are everywhere across this country, not equal opportunity. It is not everywhere across this country. We cannot let this decision be the last word. I want to emphasize, we cannot let this decision be the last word. While the court can render a decision, it cannot change what America stands for. Joe, how bad is it? I mean, a lot of decisions now may be overthrown from the past, and a lot of universities are going to have to try to figure out how they're going to go on doing exactly what they've been doing. Doing exactly what they've been doing, John, to create an excellent learning environment for all of their students. I had a call caller tonight on Dean's show who's a professor, and he said, you know, it's so insane that, that this movement built up of, you know, this white guy who decided he had to end affirmative action and 
pulled all the strings to get it done, knew when they had a court to do it. And he, you know, what's t towards what end? Like, what's the win here? What is the win? You are creating colleges that are all white. Who benefits from that? Certainly the students who are going to those colleges don't. And the, the professor said, you know, when he was when I was talking to him, he said, there's this idea that colleges want diversity because it's quote unquote woke. It's bullshit. They want diversity yeah. because that's what America is. And they want their students Correct. to have a full understanding. And, you know, you just it, and students want to go to college. Students, unless unless they're a certain kind of American who only wants to go to a school where everyone looks like Biff and Muffy. Students want to go to a more diverse college. Absolutely. And it's no different than the U.S. military, which for years, Joe, as you know, has filed counter briefs in, in affirmative action lawsuits because the military has known for decades that having a diverse base of recruitment is essential for their success. And let's just let's just call out. I mean, first of all. I, I you've probably talked about it and but Katanji Brown Jackson's descent yeah. and Sonia Sotomayor's descent uh, they give me hope for America. But she actually called her, her line. The court has come to rest on the bottom line conclusion that racial racial diversity in higher education is only worth potentially preserving insofar as it might be needed to prepare black Americans and other representative minorities for success in the bunker not the boardroom boom 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 she laid it out she just I mean, laid it out could it, could it be any more stark mr sudbay that john roberts specifically went out of his way to protect affirmative action for cannon fodder that still we can be have all the affirmative action we want in case we need another war against the third world nation and have to send men off to slaughter but we will protect it we'll protect the white privileged legacies affirmative action for white people will be safe and affirmative action for brown people to be killed in wars will be kept intact and the rest of it it, it i began the show by saying this was just the supreme court that a decade ago decided black president you don't need voting rights protections anymore yep. and yep. they pretty much just said look we just we don't need to protect african americans in college admissions that seems to be the entire message here we just we're, we're done protecting black people no, but who are they protecting? They are protecting white people. And you know who, like, to me, is the poster boy for this? Tell me. There was uh, an article in ProPublica a couple years ago. His G this is a quote from the people at his very elite private school. His GPA did not warrant it. His SAT scores did not warrant it. We thought for sure there was no way he was going to, this was going to happen. And that meant this person was going to get into Harvard. Then lo and behold, Jared Kushner was accepted. This was the huh. Jared Kushner decision. It protects people like Jared Kushner. That's who John Roberts and those five other right wing extremists think is important. Jared Kushner. That's wow. what it was. Just amazing. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. And, and again, the Jared Kushners are protected. You know, you, you yeah. quoted Katanji Brown Jackson. Can I quote her back to you? Because I think one Please. of my favorites of hers, gulf sized race based gaps exist with respect to the health, wealth and well-being of American citizens. They were created in the distant past, but have indisputably been passed down to the present day through the generations. Every moment these gaps persist is a moment in which this great country falls short of actualizing one of its foundational principles, the quote-unquote self-evident truth that all of us 
are created equal. She nailed it. And I think that this will never be as unpopular as Dobbs, but this will be a mark of shame on this Supreme Court in the history books. Absolutely. And the thing is, they live in this bubble, John Roberts. And, you know, the bubble was pierced a little bit because you could see this past few weeks, they've made a few decisions that surprised a lot of us. And so they know there's a lot of pressure, but they saved, you know, John Roberts was not going to let this one get away. There was no way this was one. He was willing to take a hit on Milligan. He was willing to take a hit on uh, the the voting rights case. They were willing Mm -hmm. to take a hit on the Indian child welfare case and uh, a couple others. But they were not going to let this one get away from them because this is the this is the kind of thing that he got on that court for. He and Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett and. Uh, they're despicable human beings. And, you know, and it it all goes back to politics and it all goes back to, first of all, John, I adore Amy Littlefield. Let's talk about that. Yeah. She said something. (laughs) I I wrote it down because I said, I'm going to quote her all the time. The work is really in the states. It's taken progressives a long time to catch on to the significance of state and local politics. But state and local politics impacts our federal politics. It's where the game is played. And we're getting better at it. We're getting better at it. But my God, we are suffering because of that lack of investment over the years. We really are. She's really right. She's completely right. And we talk about it on the show all the time that no matter what your convictions or beliefs, your state and local elections impact your life and your town far more than whoever is president every four years. Every, yes, exactly. And let's just say the the reason we have a gerrymandered Congress is because we have gerrymandered state houses. And who does the gerrymandering? The state legislators. That's where it happens. That's where the game is played. And it sets up. That, you know, that's what this Morvey Harper case this week, another surprise. But it mm-hmm. was, the, you know what, though? It was a surprise that we won. It was good that we won because literally democracy was on the ballot. But it should never have been at the United States Supreme Court. They never should have taken that case. But the fact that they did shows we, you know, we are at risk. But that case came up from North Carolina. North Carolina Republicans pushed that case. And... um I'm telling you, these are this is where we really have to pay attention. And the so, conference that Amy's covering this weekend, you know, more power to her for being able to be around those people because I I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> I can't. I hear you. <laughs> but here here's my question. You know, I'm I'm looking at this and we're seeing how much it's hurting the GOP. It hurt them last year. It's going to hurt them this year. They, they 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 realize what they did is a loser. Ron DeSantis had his six-week bill signed at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. No TV cameras. How's it going to impact the campaign? Because Republicans on the primary trail don't really care about how unpopular the repeal of Dobbs is. Trump can't stop bragging about it. At the same time, you've got DeSantis trying to hold them all to a six-week ban over a 15-week ban. And it seems like now abortion is just going to be something to divide Republicans even further, even after they won on this. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it was interesting listening to Amy talk about how some of them have... the the realization that this is a problem, this has become a problem for the Republican Party, but they are driven and they believe they are right and they are going to hold these Republicans to account. And the thing is, Republicans have nowhere to go. You know, every now and then you'll see one of them try and, you know, take a few steps in a direction. Nancy Mace, famously from South Mm -hmm. Carolina. In the end, they all stick with the party. And look, I think what DeSantis did, DeSantis, 
Um, this past weekend on State of the States, I spoke with Representative Anna Eskamani from Florida, and she said it was really interesting watching that bill move through the legislature because there are a lot of Republicans who did not want to vote for it, but they were afraid of Ron DeSantis, and they knew they had to because it mattered to his presidential career. Really? Now, I think it's interesting that once he left the confines of his little bubble in Tallahassee, he's been a complete disaster, and people hate him because he's loathsome, and they should hate him. But it's really interesting how there were legislators. She said that there are legislators in the Florida legislature, Republicans, who know they're going to lose because of that vote. And I thought that was fascinating. And they still did it. John, they still did it, but they're yeah. going to lose. And we have to make sure they lose, too. And I think in Florida, they're pulling together the signatures to get on the ballot to have a constitutional amendment next year. So abortion's going to be front and center in Florida. In Joe, is there, still, is there still a chance that DeSantis could be the GOP nominee? I mean, that could still happen, right? I guess it's an outside chance. But the great thing is, John, that the polling has showed the more people get to know him, the less they like him. And that's I know. true for Republicans and um, uh, and the rest of the population. And look, his uh, I mean, these past few days, he's been on this, his anti-immigrant agenda. And it's an issue I work on and spend a lot of time on is like he's trying to go to the right of Trump. And he's basically talking invasion and all the same kind of rhetoric. And I am not this. I am not being hyperbolic here. The rhetoric DeSantis is using is the same rhetoric that appears in the screeds. I don't like to call a manifesto the screeds of shooters from the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting in 2018, the El Paso Walmart massacre in 2019 and the massacre at the grocery store in Buffalo in 2022. It's the same invasion, great replacement language. Maybe he's not one of them, but he sure talks like one of them. I mean, Joe, am I allowed to be a little bit excited at watching Chris Christie destroy Ron DeSantis like his name's Marco Rubio at every Republican debate? Because I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Chris Christie is going to pick up Ron DeSantis by his neck and beat everybody else on stage with him. I think that's a really good chance that that'll happen. And I still have to say, you know, I find Christie loathsome. But yeah. watching we, we and we all rewatched the videos recently, many of us, because Marco Rubio told us not to. Marco Rubio <laughs> actually came out publicly and said, that's not the reason I got out. <laughs> it was like, OK, let's watch again and remind ourselves of just how he eviscerated him. Now, the other thing that happened in 2016, which is happening in 2024, which, John, I mean, we can't make this up. Remember Marco Rubio and Trump got into a fight over who had a bigger dick? Of Rolling course, and Stone. Rubio, Rubio started it, by the way. Marco Rubio, Rubio began. It. He did the dick joke before Trump ever did. I will always defend Trump on that. Go ahead. Yeah, he really did. He drew him into it. But uh, Rolling Stone was reporting that Trump and DeSantis are getting into the same thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, these guys. It's like. Let him do it. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump keeps trying to attack Ron DeSantis's weight. I'm just like, let me buy some popcorn. I'm so ready for all of this. I mean, well, we're looking at a very real possibility, though, Joe, that. A very real possibility that criminal charges against Donald Trump will not impact the Republican presidential primary. I mean, it's reached that level of cult that he could have multiple state and multiple federal charges against him by next year and it not be an impediment to this nomination. Isn't that amazing? It it just it's like 
And John, you and I have been in politics for a while. We have had to endure the Republicans talking about being tough on crime and law and order and all that bullshit. A lot of it's just like, you know, coded racism. But yeah. um, here and they talk about national security and protecting our men and women in the military. The actual indictment said he threatened national security and he put at risk our people in the military and he's breaking all these laws. And they they they're going to the mat for him. Um, yeah. There's apparently a new Fox poll that 70 percent of GOP primary voters say it's extremely important to support a candidate who can defeat Biden. Only 13 percent of GOP primary voters said they would never vote for Trump. That's the lowest of any GOP. candidate. Wow. So they yeah. don't care about winning. Right. They, I mean, that's that's it. They want what they want when they want it. And if they lose, it's because it was rigged. Excellent. Absolutely. There's always some excuse. And it is, it, you know, I was thinking I literally was thinking about it tonight after I was on Dean's show, because, you know, you, you're, you're, your mind is still rushing after you've done the show. And it, it, it is a cult. It's like a cult. And it's his party. I mean, I, I was speaking to Representative Jennifer McClellan today from um, Virginia's 4th Congressional District. She's wonderful. She's awesome. Used to be a state senator, a state delegate. And I said to her, who's in charge in the House caucus, in the Republican House caucus? She said she couldn't even tell us, you know. And wow. part of it is I think Donald Trump is in charge. He tells them what to do and they do it. And yeah, that's John, it. That was their platform. We, right. Can we just talk for a minute this week? I... Anytime I talked about it during Dean's show, I couldn't help laugh. Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy saying that Trump wasn't the strongest candidate and then spending the past few days trying to kiss Trump's ass. And, oh, oh, oh I just, know. We talked about it last night. It's just sad. It's like watching a bad man's pet die. It's just so <laughs> sad. Watch. Oh, oh, he just can't even do it. Anytime he tries to be a real live boy, he's got to run back into Geppetto's workshop and know his place. It's incredible. Um, I I, I would be most remiss if I didn't ask your thoughts on what we're witnessing in Ohio right now. I mean, we're on the verge of an abortion rights referendum expected in Ohio, which I I would kind of love to see because we've seen what that can do for turnout. Um, What do you make of what we're hearing so far in that beautiful swing state? Well, I think, first of all, uh, you want to know how gerrymandering ruins everything. Ohioans voted several years ago for fair district. They wanted to end gerrymandering. Those fair districts have never been implemented, okay? So you have a gerrymandered Republican House and Senate and a Republican governor. They saw this referendum coming. So a couple years ago, they banned August primaries, right? They said, we're not doing them anymore. They're too expensive. We're not going to have them anymore. And then all of a sudden... They decided they needed to change the rules for constitutional amendments and increase the margin from 50 percent plus one vote to 60 percent. They rammed it through. They put it on the ballot for August. The very elections they said were they didn't want anymore so that they could block it in November. And their hope is there will be low turnout and that their, you know, hardcore members will go out and vote. They're mm. hardcore Republicans will go out and vote and they can increase the margin to 60 percent, which if they did that, it could prevent progressive policies from passing through the process. Now, this has been tried before in South Dakota, not not a really progressive state, even redder than um Ohio, it lost like two to one. They tried it in Arkansas last November. Again, a state more red than 
Ohio, it lost That's right. 60 40. People like the, like the par- ability to participate in the electoral process. And so vote no. If you're in Ohio, vote no in August. Make sure they don't take away one person, one vote. And, I, and there's a great campaign coming together on this. A lot of a lot of work is being done to defeat um, question one, issue one in August. Right and then we can have the ballot measure in November and, you know, go for 50 percent plus one. Mr. Sudbay, it's such a pleasure having you on our show. How could our listeners hear you this weekend? What are you covering Uh, this weekend? Oh, State of the States. And, you know, it's the 4th of July, so we're covering democracy. And um, one of our guests is State Senator uh, Jay Chaudhry. He's from North Carolina. He's the House and the Senate Democratic whip. And North Carolina has been front and center in all this fight. The, The Moore case, Moore is the Speaker of the House in North Carolina, that case that was just decided this week on the independent state legislatures. Uh, so he's he's a he's a ter- I've talked to him before. He's terrific. And also um, Professor Quinn Yergain, who is a law professor who like John, the guy's brilliant and he mm-hmm. understands the states, the state courts, how it all fits together. So we talked about the dangers to democracy and things that are inspiring us at the states. Brilliant. too. So that'll be on this weekend. State of the States. Right on. The great Joe Sudbay. Thank you so much, sir. It's always a pleasure. If you're on hold, we're going to get to your call right after our break. We're at 866-997-4748. Open phones all the way until midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. So we will get to you. This is Progress. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. We're going to get to everybody's calls tonight. Let me go to Sean in California. Hello, Sean. Welcome. Thanks for your patience. Hey, Brother John, what a great show. Uh, of course, I loved all the guests. And, of course, Joe Subbay, 
one of my favorites because he's on the ground working hard for all these elections (laughs) no one's talking about. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, regarding the, you know, affirmative action uh, ruling or I should say uh, decision or I should say, you know, political move, you know, sadly in 2000, because I'm old, when Mm -hmm. that election happened, when we weren't paying attention and Al Gore versus, uh, uh, you know, uh, w. Bush, George W. Bush. We didn't pay attention, and I was like, "Oh my God, the court is gonna go down!" <laughs> oh my God, I was hysterical, and people were saying, "You're hysterical, man. Just chill out, man. Take a gummy and smoke." You know, so I was like, "No, no." I said, "You don't understand these people." Anyway, you know, and I did. I did. I have to admit that I did not think they were going to fuck with Roe v. Wade because it was such a perfect political thing for them to fool people. Listen, for years, I've had to, I've had to acknowledge yeah. this. I've had to own up to this. I said for years, the Republicans are never going to ban abortion. I said it for years. I will always admit when I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong most of the time. And like, you know, my, just my basic fashion choices and the way I choose to present myself in public. Usually I'm wrong about something. But uh, and I, I, I'm married to someone who's nice enough to point that out. But in this case, I said for years, they're not going to get rid of their biggest fundraiser. The Republican Party's not crazy. They, they, what, where, how would they get votes just off of illegal immigrants? No. On the state and local level, they'll mean it. But you'll you'll see. They'll never ban Roe v. Wade. And then when they kneecap Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court. And wouldn't let Barack Obama's pick have an up or down vote. That was when I was Shit like, got real. I was wrong. They're really going to do this. And they really did. Shit and got we, real. Have, we have two, possibly three, possibly more illegitimate members on the court. And the biggest failure of Joe Biden today was once again saying on MSNBC that we're not going to even consider adding more judges to the court. I don't want him to necessarily do it. I want him to threaten to do it, to scare these people. That's what FDR did. Uh, you no, know, I'm not going to disagree with you. I guess it, I'm still, you know, I don't like, I, I do hindsight to see how we cannot make the same mistakes in the future. I don't yes. like to live in the past. But no, I mean, once again, I mean, I would say let's do it, but we have to have the House. I mean, you have to have majorities, and I could go on and on about winning elections, you know, of course, and I still will, and I'm going to keep calling your show and saying, just win, baby. But here's the thing. What the Republican Supreme Court did is say, you guys started calling us out on our white privilege, and I don't like that, motherfucker. (laughs) Even though you're 150% correct, I say, fuck you, and fuck every black and brown person in this country. No, they won't say that. They won't, say, no, they won't, but they won't say that. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, no. you hate Asian people. All day, these trolls who don't give a damn. Let me tell you, these trolls, they don't care about racism. They thought birtherism was hilarious. They were way more offended by Colin Kaepernick's knee than by Derek Chauvin. The people who've been telling you that George Floyd just had a fentanyl overdose, the most vile, lazy, morally reprobate racists are all over social media today saying, 
if you don't like the Supreme Court ruling, you hate Asians. You're a racist. You're a racist. I mean, they all got their talking points at the same time. Anytime you hear Absolutely. a lot of Republican people, a lot of Republicans coming out and say, oh, we, we hate racism, you know, a- a- ask them about the Confederate flag and watch them get angry. I mean, it's insane, but it's how they're organized. Twitter is a delivery yeah. system for right wing propaganda. And Elon Musk is a right wing activist. And that's how we have to view the site. I, I 100 million percent agree, and Elon Musk is, is such a, an ass clown. But I'll tell you what, here's how dumb they are. I would give them uh, advice, and they never listen to my advice. And, uh, but here's another one. If you guys were really smart, because I think we're going to win these elections, John, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fired up. But they could have said, you know what affirmative action is? And yeah, it needs to stay, because that's reparations. Hmm. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They could have used that, but they're too stupid, and they just want to keep fighting things because they're so fucking racist. They're so yeah. fucking racist that they got to give all the power, and, and they're just trying to, to almost troll, like, you know, on the media nowadays, the Supreme Court is trolling. Isn't that yeah. sad? And tomorrow, by but the way, but that's I'm sure all this I'll was. call you again. Is going to be student loan debt, right? This is not about protecting Asian students. These folks don't care about Asian students. These are the same racists who've spent the last three and a half years talking about the China virus and the Kung flu. They don't care about Asian people. This is not about protecting Asian students. This is about making sure you don't look out for black students. That's all it's about. Not providing any help to black students, not trying to correct in any way, not trying to be part of an historic correction of wrongs and redress of grievances. This is about making it harder for black students to get to college. Joyce Carol Oates had a great line on this. She said, ending affirmative action would make complete sense if all public high schools throughout the entire country were more or less equal in quality. But there's a wide range from impoverished to ultra affluent. And so students applying to universities are not on an equal footing. It's so simple. I am you white privilege is undefeated. Let me just tell everybody, in the United States, white privilege is undefeated. Just like almost, I want to say, money is undefeated. Between the two of them, we have a lot of work to do, people. Do not let them win at the ballot box, please! Thank you very much. You're exactly right, sir. Very good. Thanks, brother. (laughs) Thank you, man. 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRID. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to everybody's calls, and we'll be joined by our good friend, Keith Price, our comedy daddy. 866-997-4748. By the way, Donald Trump's campaign is about to announce he's already won the endorsements of more than half the Republicans in the Pennsylvania House. More than half. He had 56 out of 63 House Republicans who had so far endorsed the candidate, according to 538. Uh, Ron DeSantis has the support of five. He's already locked it up. Imagine how popular he'll be if he gets charged with more of his crimes. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. 56 years ago, Keith Richards was found guilty of allowing his home to be used for the illegal smoking of cannabis. He was sentenced to one year in jail. And Mick Jagger was given three months in jail. And then they were both released and granted bail of 7,000 pounds the following day. It was on this date in 1985 that Mick Jagger and David Bowie romped through their filming of their video Dancing in the Streets. It took them about 12 hours to do it. And, uh, oh, that song still sounds perfect. Today is the anniversary of uh, a few things. Uh, Jimi Hendrix Experience played their last ever concert together on the last day of the Denver Pop Festival in 1969. That same day, Crosby, Stills & Nash released their first album. Uh, Whitney Houston had her first number one with Saving All My Love For You. And uh, happy birthday to the late Frank Lesser. Robert Evans, born the state 93 years ago. Stokely Carmichael would have been 82 today. Gary Busey, born the state in 1944. The great Richard Lewis is 76. Go give him some love on social media if you can. Uh, happy birthday to Fred Gandy of The Love Boat. He's 75 years young. Maria Conchita Alonzo. Happy birthday to the late Slim Pickens, Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> and one final anniversary, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in jail for using his celebrity status to sexually abuse women and children. He was 55 at the time, convicted in New York of racketeering and sex trafficking crimes. Yeah, I assume he's still appealing, but how far have we come that R. Kelly wasn't able to get away with it forever? I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. I hope you're having a great evening. We are at 866-997-GRIT, 866-997-4748. Let me go to Rich in Indiana, who's been on hold like forever. Rich, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm thank so you. grateful to be able to be a fly on the wall to such cool conversations. No, no, listen, I'm, I'm so Mar- grateful you'd Mar- wait on hold for so long. Thank you so much. Well, dude, Mar- Marie was really laying it down there about the SCOTUS decision and the uh, right? admonishment she was given as she was heading into law school uh, about uh, having an obligation for the person yet to be there. And so mm. that's, that's what we were getting at when uh, we were back and forth last call about uh, you got to serve somebody. And yeah. you've you got to yeah. recognize that your obligation as a, a, you know, a, a human being with, with a, a sense of the universe and, and everything that we, we puny little things are on this blue marble, you know, we've, we've got hmm. this obligation to figure out how to make it work. And that is based in feeling good about serving somebody. You've got to yeah. serve somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, you were talking about R. Kelly, and I actually called up uh, Representative John Lewis's Atlanta office back in the day, and I said, you do understand what that's all about, don't you? And uh, you were able to get the word cult out of uh, Joe Sudby. <laughs> and uh, the the idea that we're dealing with this, this thing that is all through our uh, intelligence apparatus, uh, right. our, uh, our Pentagon, uh, all of it. Um, it, it really has this, this horrific reek of the toxic masculinity that of goes course. with the racism. Yes. Of course. Always. Of always. Course. Yes. <laughs> We're all stealing with the after effects generations later of that. And no doubt it's gotten a lot better. We've gotten a lot better as a species. But again, you well, know, the struggle always continues. We're just here to have a baton passed to us and try to make the world a little less shitty. It, it is beautiful that that word struggle comes up here. Dare to struggle. Struggle has been denuded in its capacity for, for value. 
a political struggle. Yeah. That's a real thing. A nonviolent struggle. That's a real tactic. It yeah. ain't easy. It, it's it's no cakewalk. But you know, if you're going to serve somebody, damn it, you got to yes. struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to be a good person. It's much easier to be selfish and lazy and think that somehow a black kid getting to Harvard hurts you. No, it, and and you you can you can be. Uh, bamboozled into that so easily too as long as the proletariat is willing to to fight amongst itself instead of recognizing that the very word proletariat is based on offspring it's like all you're useful for and you said cannon fodder earlier too yeah Yeah. you know it's like and and we don't understand the value of the condemnation of petty bourgeoisie right but we we we, we we also you know don't understand the value in the fact that they're right they can't always get the proletariat to punch itself in the face i mean you can always get hard working people or marginalized people to beat up each other that's all the supreme yep. court ruling was today it was getting asian people of color yep. against black people of color that's all it was that's how they killed the unions they 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 got they went this up to the unions and said to you you want from. those you, you pull strings together no but that's you, how you they making, did it i'm not gonna shut no. up and let you talk no, but that's how they did it. They, they killed the unions by saying, you want the blacks to have the same benefits you have? Come on, man. This is divide and conquer. And it works. But we can get around it by if the Democratic Party just finds a better way of getting their messaging out. I mean, they have to be able to say to working people, these are the policies, because when you ask people what just about the policies, Democrats win. We tend to vote in popularity contests because that's how our media likes it. Our media doesn't care about healthy civic function. Our media doesn't care about getting rid of wealth gaps. Our media doesn't care about pollution in the sky. Our media cares about ratings, money, dollar signs, eyeballs. They're never going to be the heroes here. It's got to be us. Yep. Do you remember Tom Hayden by name? Of course. I interviewed Tom Hayden on our TV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Well, Tom passed away uh, after he did some coverage and, and did uh, basically lethal exposure to the natural gas leak in California that, uh, that popped open. And he was trying to bring attention to that. And he had pre-existing conditions, and uh, so it was never really, you know, a straight line drawn from his self-inflicted purposeful exposure uh, mm-hmm. as he was trying to bring attention to this horrific event that uh, the state of California was permitting to continue and continue. But Tom Hayden was the guy that was up against the wall, motherfucker. Yeah. And that is a, a line out of what was uh, from the uh, the same album as Plastic Fantastic, Lover, uh, it's, oh, I don't know. Help me out here. Um, I don't know. Volunteers of America. Volunteers. It was, it was a Volunteers album of uh, Airplane. Oh, and okay. That yes. was a piece of poetry that was pulled from calling all black I, people. SOS. Oh, um, okay. Me, I, I, I know the Jefferson Airplane thing. album volunteers. I, I know that record. <laughs> okay. I'm well, not always the swiftest they, they on pulled these. that. They pulled that line from from the poet. Okay. And um, the, the the point of of drawing that that funny little uh, set of daisy chain points is that we need our history, people need to understand that all of this has been written down already. All of this can be gone through and read, and we can read ourselves in. Antonio Gramsci 
was somebody who got locked up by Mussolini and wrote all this stuff down. Yeah. Um, it's called cultural hegemony. Um, our power structure plays with it and makes us stupid. It is what the proletariat <laughs> are bamboozled with. The I oligarchs know. are know. just you know, owning the systems that, that feed these messages into us. And, and that's and, why and we have brains. to, con- that's why we have to convince our conservative brothers and sisters that the system is rigged and that they have been bamboozled by the people who did the rigging. Again, the people, <laughs> Donald Trump outsourced his manufacturing to Mexico and China, and he's laughing at them. And again, it's very hard to talk somebody out of a cult, but you can sway the bystanders. I've got to run. I'm so sorry. We're about to hit a break, but thank I thank you, you so much for the call, Rich. Thank Have you. a great evening. Don't go away. We'll be right back with your calls and Keith Price at 866-997-4748. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to praise Keith Price, not to bury him. We are always thrilled anytime our comedy daddy will join us here in Radio Land. Keith is a terrific comedian, actor, writer, radio star. He was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM. He co-anchored the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutQ. Do your soul a favor and catch his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Let's all wish that we were under price. Hey, comedy daddy, welcome. Hi, John. How you doing, Daddy? What's Very going on? Good. Very, Very good. good. I'm, I'm pretty. pretty well, I'm, I'm hearing, hearing myself twice. twice. Hang on a second. I'm good. How are you, sir? I am exhausted. What's going with on? Our country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the general exhaustion. I'm sure that many a black person is feeling right about right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just you know, again, like I said, I'm not surprised. I am just waiting now for the next hammer because it's coming right after this one too the minute that they started with the voting situations and trying to keep people from being able to get to the polls that it was going to change and that was like that was one way of going after black people and people of color and and people that are in those more disenfranchised areas that would like to participate in the voting process so they're being denied that thing and then the next thing that came after that was what abortion that's right (laughs) They got the women in abortion, and now look at what they're doing now with with quote unquote education. Oh, it's funny. Don't forget last week. Last week they 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 ruled the Navajo nations not entitled to clean water. So don't forget that they're really thank you. Let's let's you know what we don't give enough credit, Keith. We don't thank enough all the liberals in three swing states in 2016 who were too pure to compromise their values. And vote for Hillary Clinton. It is 77,000 votes over three states of Jill Stein voting motherfuckers that we have to thank for the gutting of Roe v. Wade. Well, you know, and again, I would venture to say a lot of those were women, too, in that mix that probably sure. were just like, I just don't like Hillary. And I'm like, no okay. doubt. Yes, there's a, a uh, you know, it's 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 horrible men and their dead inside wives. These, but again, it makes me laugh because in the end. This this has been the plan all along. This has just been some, it feels like everything that has been, you know, and we're talking about from the stacking of the courts from way back when, from the beginning yeah. of 2016 till this moment now. And it's like, you wonder why there is such a, a, a backlash to the idea of adding more Supreme Court judges to the, mm-hmm. the, the, the tr- thing. It's sort of like, if you're looking at this now, and seeing what's happening, it would be nice to have had a couple of other people 
in this mix at least say, um, you know what, that's just not going to work. And and in the end, it's sort of like if they want to switch it back, switch it back, take it away, right. do whatever. But in the interim, this is what we're dealing with. And now you see all of this corruption that we have you know, uncovered or at least has been discussed amongst three of the most seniors of the 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 bench. Yeah. And they are still on the bench, first of all, with all these questions and things looming over them. Of and course. because there's it, no know, accountability whatsoever. There's no accountability. And so now if they actually had more people inside it, that means that the gravy train might stop. You know what I'm saying? Like if Biden could elect three more judges and get them in, it's like that gravy train of whatever things that they were taking from those big giant donors with the the Nazi statues in their backyard and all that other jazz. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like my that empty seat on that private plane would have just gone empty had I not taken it. Of course not, Justice <laughs> Roberts. Of course it would That's have just it. stayed empty had you gone commercial or driven to whatever That's location the, it was that you guys were that's the Alito argument. You're exact. You're exactly right. Um, you know, Keith, you know? I, I, I want to prepare you for this because uh, no less a bold thinker than Mike Pence has some thoughts on <laughs> this. Uh, I'd like to play you really quick. This is former Vice President Mike Pence. And I want you to know, as a father of children, he has opinions on affirmative action as a father of children. <laughs> there may have been a time. 50 years ago when we needed to affirmatively take steps uh, to correct long-term racial bias in institutions of higher education. But I I can tell you, as the uh, father of three college graduates, um, those days are long over. I can tell you, as the whitest man you've ever interviewed, racism Mm -hmm. doesn't exist anymore. That's everything we just heard. 50 years ago, there was a need. Keith, this is exactly the rationale John Roberts used 10 years ago, next month ago, got the Voting Rights Act. There is a black president. Clearly, these policies have worked and racism is over. Over. Exactly. You know, and again, Mike Pence, of all people, like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like I'm so tired of watching white people tell me that racism is over. It's like, I don't understand how you can decide that it's over since it doesn't really ever affect you except to benefit you, you know, know. and it's going to be interesting because, you know, these people that are complaining about those, those five seats out of, you know, 200 that actually go to black people in these classes of law schools and stuff that it's going to be really interesting when, those people that have been complaining about those five seats don't get into those still universities because those five, you know, because they themselves are still big dum-dums uh-huh. and they're still not going to meet the the criteria. Because at this point, I was just reading Ellie Mastal's, you know, take on all this. And he Wasn't said something great? really yeah. interesting. It's like at the end of the day, it's like there's still going to be a lot of white people mad because... Yeah. You know, the mediocre ones are the ones that are complaining about not being able to get in because they have the same things as, you know, Donisha. <laughs> and Donisha, <laughs> how dare she have all the these skills? And, you know, it's really interesting because, again, my friend Jess and I were talking about this and how when you think about historically what has happened, it's sort of like, Whenever the opportunities for, at least for black people in America, have been able to try to flourish under the scrutiny and under the the 
the savagery, I can almost say, of our white American government. Yeah. At every turn, that it seems that what angers people is, is that the fact that they try to keep folks from getting things and keep folks from getting access, and they still manage to thrive. And then when they're given that access to do it, not only do they thrive, but then they supersede a lot of these people that are standing around thinking that they are the smartest people in the room. And then they get upset because they're like, well, how dare this person utilize the same resources that for some reason I'm privileged to have and do better than me. You know <laughs> what I'm it. saying? And yeah, and it, it's and like, if, so, and this, this, but there's a whole gay marriage argument. Remember, uh, yeah. it, it'll threaten traditional marriage. You know, if someone how? else gets what I have, that's taking something away from me. It's exactly. always the rationale of the majority. Keith, we have a yeah. lot of riffraff who want to weigh in tonight. A lot of people have Ooh, thoughts. Are you ready? Are you ready to read the public? Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. We ask everyone to please make your comments or your jokes or your threats as tight as possible. Uh, please, no wagering. Profanity is encouraged. Let's go to Pit Doc <laughs> calling from New York. Welcome, doctor. You're on with Keith. Hey, John, can you hear me? I sure can, sir. Okay, I can't wait for the lawsuit in the next year. I kind of hope it's a black person, but then again, I kind of hope it's a white person. Basically, they take the entire case that the that the person who was suing to get this done, or the group that was suing to get this done, and change only one word. In, and the fact is that you cannot you, you're denying people a chance on the on the basis of legacy instead of race. Yes, that's and it. Watch, mm-hmm. the, watch the Ivy watch the Ivy League schools shit their pants. Yes, I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Just imagine. I mean, imagine if all of these racists cheering, thinking somehow this is a victory for Asian people, which it's not. Asian people were pawns in this. But imagine if they realized how badly they've been hoodwinked one more time. I do love the idea of everybody showing up next year to Harvard and only Asian kids got admitted. But here's what (laughs) Seth Abramson said, and he's been on the show. I love him. He says, pro tip, in any sentence you read today from a Republican that lauds the striking down of affirmative action, replace the word merit with legacy admissions of white students whose parents are alumni or donors and see how it sounds. You're exactly mm-hmm. right, Pit Doc. That's just what they did. Yep. Thank you, Mr. John. Yep. Bye, Thanks, man. Again. Affirmative action for rich white kids, still in place. Still in play. Let me go to Mark in South Dakota. Mark, welcome. You're on with Keith Price. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? I'm also sure driving. Can. Yes, sir, I can. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is the question I... I wanted to really ask this for, like, say, someone like Corey Bretschneider or Kelly Honing, but you... I'm so sorry. You're you're stuck with us. Yeah, you're stuck with the MOOCs. I apologize. Well, again, this is very much a wonky legal theory, and I figure the professors of law are the ones who could really answer this for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But basically, obviously, we know there have been a really whole lot of really bad uh, Supreme Court decisions lately, and... On top of it, we now know that it's pretty obvious that a lot of the judges are, well, it's painfully obvious that the judges are compromised. Yes. And I just, so my idea is like maybe, and you can steal this from me if you ever want to ask them to, like, is there like a legal mechanism for like a, basically rendering these decisions null and void or something? Is it like, if, if like there's a... Uh, yeah. That's kind of what I was, that's, that's yeah. Change, that you I, change well, the makeup. You change the makeup of the court, and you you mount a dummy case like this guy did today, mm-hmm. um, or like the people trying to ban Mifepristone did in Texas. Fine, just get a well, dummy case. Find it. Like, is, is, 
I know, like, you know, beyond that, like, just say something like, say if, say we take back the Congress in 2024 and have, like, basically the, the triple threat in Congress or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're Congress, both houses in the, in the White House. Okay. And we launch investigations, serious investigations into all these and say all these cases where it came down to like a five, four, you know, six, three or, or whatever it was. And the deciding votes were clearly compromised. Mm. They, like they, the, there was, you know, I love thumb it. was on the I scale and yep. they were doing this. Would that give legal precedent to throw those cases out or to basically be re-litigated? Is, it, like, it, would, it would not. It would not. But if the will of the public was high enough, those cases would be re-litigated. Okay. But it would have to be, it would have to be you know, it, a broad groundswell of public opinion demanding this sort of thing. I mean, look, I think I think I think Gorsuch should be impeached and I think Kavanaugh should be impeached. So, you know, I, I think well, there should I at agree. least be trials. As well yeah. as, well as Miss Comey Bryant, she should go as yeah. well because she lied. As, you know, again, when they were being asked about the abortion issue, they all lied. She said it was settled precedent. And of course, she was only uh, had her nomination hearing after 50 million Americans had already voted. So I might even get on this on your side on that one. Mm, yeah. You know, it's like I, 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 in the end, it's sort of like they just it's just horrific corruption, horrific manipulation that we are witnessing and we can call it out for what it is. But at the same time, we're like, it feels as if we're powerless to stop it. And even so using the, the methods of upon which we could do this with, like, you know, voting, it's being hampered and being tampered with so that you can't do this. So like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like getting Nancy Kerrigan on the way to the, the ice rink every time you try to do something different. It's like you're getting... <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, Mark, I, I, I like your idea very much of just, you know, getting these guys out of the court and then going back and reviewing their uh, their records. It'll never happen. But, that would you know, be great. I, I, I'm I a fan of question just posed to, yeah, to like, yeah, pose that to any of the legal, like the, the law professors, the legal scholars, any that like, that, you know, really knows the nuts and bolts in this and see if whether or not this is just some idiot pulling something out of that as ass or whether or not this is something that yeah. might have legs, but. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I, I, I think it's pulled out of your ass and it, it and it has no legs and I love it. That's how I feel. Thank you so much. <laughs> but, but see something like that, you know, like where is the the pack that would pay to have a bunch of law students or whatever sit in the big giant room, you know, and pull up all of these cases That's and it. sit back and just do that? I mean, because, again, not for nothing. That's exactly what the Republicans would be doing. If they had if they had a, an idea of some sort, uh, you're right. they would find they would find the money to put a bunch of students in a room to you're look right. up all of these cases and, and, and decide what personal conversations people may have had with the people that are in this, these cases. Because I love the thing. Was it Roberts who said that, you know, yeah, I, I was hanging out with them, but we never talked about any of that kind of stuff before. And I'm just yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. no, that was both, that was Thomas and Alito. Being fabulous. Stop Thomas it. and Don't Alito both it. said that. Yeah. And I had mm. no idea when his case that he financed came before the court that this was the guy who had given me six figures in yacht trips. Whoops. I mean, and Whoops. they're allowed to do it because the men designed the system. That's right. And let's go to you know, Beachside Bill calling from Florida. Bill, you're on with the great Keith Price. Hey, John and Keith. Good evening. Nice to talk to you again. Hello. How Hi are there. you? I, I, I'll get to the Supreme Court in a second, but you know it was 45, uh, 45 years ago today that actor Bob Crane of Hogan's Heroes was found bludgeoned to death 
And he oh, was age wow. 49. Remember that? Remember that? I, I, yes. I, I mean, I, I know, yeah, and I saw the movie, and I, I, had, I had no idea it was that today's the anniversary of that. Yeah, 45 oh, years wow. ago. And you know the odd thing about that show was 20 years after uh, World War II. And I always remember, like, Colonel Clink, I think he had, a, when he had that uh, eyepiece, and he had the surgery monocle, for yes. it. That's an old watch. Yes. And the other thing was uh, 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 that LeBeau was the last one to die. I think they're all dead now. If I'm, if I'm, I'm always thinking of that's the weird like thing that, about that but... show. It was a sitcom with a laugh track set in a Nazi prison camp. That's the weird yeah. thing about that show. That and show would never get greenlit today. Go that figure. show, Keith, would that show ever get on the air today? <laughs> Are you kidding? It's, it's, on, the, it's on me TV, yeah. It's on, it's on, you know, it's on cable, but yeah, it's still on. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think it would get greenlit today. Is, is what I'm saying. But it was oh, the no, Carefree yeah, Sixties, no, baby. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, Carefree yeah, Sixties. Oh my not. God, Bob Bob Crane. I wish I wish that show was half as fun as Bob Crane's Private Life. That's all I'll say. Uh, right. Oh, Ooh, oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, damn near a porn was star, enough. wasn't he? No, a little bit, a little bit. In a, in a, yeah, in a yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the drugs because and all it, that at the time. Uh, it just quickly, and the, and the, and the homoerotic your, tension oh, with Greg Kinnear. The homoerotic tension with Greg Kinnear. If you saw the movie, <laughs> yeah. did you happen to see the film <laughs> with Willem Dafoe, Keith? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the good. movie. No, that's it's worth seeing. But anyway, I, let me just quick thing with Dick Durbin. If I were Dick Durbin, I would put out a, a statement tomorrow saying that when I well, when the Senate gets back from vacation, which they shouldn't be fucking on. I'm sorry, they should be at work right now because our country's in peril with the, with the Supreme Court taking all the uh, our rights away. And the thing is, Dick Debbie put out a, a thing said I, I'm not going to invite John Roberts. I'm going to haul his fucking ass up there with a subpoena, and I'm going to make sure that he sits his ass down there. And let's see the legal do. challenges around that. What do you think? Yeah, I think. I, listen. Dick Durbin, who I think is just kind of hanging on by a thread at this point professionally. Yeah, you want to be relevant again? Let's see you lead this fight. Let's see mm-hmm. you get John Roberts' aristocratic, privileged ass down to Congress to explain to you why nothing should be done about the rank, naked, open, and public bribery of his most right-wing justices. Let John Roberts own that and let his pretenses to being the exalted, evolved grand cyclops of the moderation of part of the Supreme Court be laid to rest by his defense of these crooks. You better work. You better work. Absolutely. You know, these recent yeah. rulings, the recent one, it's like throwing a dog a bone. You can throw them in, and a dog will catch it sometimes, but the other times you throw them, they fake it. That's what they're doing. They give us a few, you know, shekels, and then they keep the rest, you know, and, and right. that's what this yeah. shit is. All this, all this, you know, it, it really, it, it, it's sickening, to be honest with you. I, I, they have, Dick Durbin has the power to do it. He has Diane Feinstein there now. Get them all in there. I know. They have the, enough votes in the Judiciary all, Committee. Roberts has already said he will blow off any subpoena. He will not come down. Oh. He will not give the the legislative branch the courtesy of a visit if they request. He won't do it. They're draw they're but see but they're, can't, they're again, circling the wagons. Go ahead. And and again though now this goes back to the other question is like, well, how about we start articles of impeachment? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like because you'd have to have yeah. two thirds of the Senate. You'd have to have two thirds of the Senate. Yeah. Two thirds of the Senate. But I mean, care. it's sort of like you, have have- you know, it's so clear what is being done and what has been done. And now that it's been uncovered, everybody's like trying to figure out a way to to just be able to say, "Oh well, yeah, I, yeah, I did it. I t- I took the money. Yeah. So so what? Yeah. What are you what are you going to do you. about it? What are you going to do? <laughs> 
John, Bill, I, like you yes, said sir. earlier, with FDR, you've got to scare the shit out of them. You know, That's nothing's what FDR gonna happen, did. obviously, but you got to scare FDR the shit did. out of them, right? All you know? FDR did was threaten. He had three justices who were undoing his New Deal reforms, and he just said, maybe it's time for me to nominate more judges. Didn't nominate anybody, just said he would do it. And the justices yeah. that were trying to, the, the three-judge cabal that was undoing the New Deal backed mm-hmm. down. He saved the New Deal because they were bluffing and all he had to do was threaten it. When I see Joe Biden, it was a good interview. I, I like Joe Biden's interviews. He's he, he's really good. But when he says, oh, we're not going to consider that, I'm like, then you're not fighting as hard as the rest of as us. You could be. Exactly. And especially when it is within your power to change, because if you have the mechanisms and you have whatever it takes to get that done, then you should make that a priority. Because you know what? The whole idea that what the Republicans have done is that they have managed to use the legal system to, you know, to push their agenda and be able to put, you know, codify their agenda into law. And so, you know, if they are doing that, then why the F aren't we doing the same thing or at least making the attempt to do that? Because in the end, you know, this is the thing I always keep thinking is that in the end, we're not doing this for just ourselves, our individuals. We're doing it for everyone so that everyone has these rights, not the the chosen few or the the folks with the big donations or all this other stuff. And it's like, (laughs) it's like (laughs) getting these people just you know to get these stupid cult follower people to understand that they are supporting someone who has absolutely no regard for them as human beings on this planet they don't believe it they'll never believe it donald trump Donald Trump hates the libs as much as they do. That's all it takes. They don't care about the corruption. They don't mind the racism. They don't mind the pussy grabbing. They don't mind the fact that he lied every nope. day. The the just perversion of Christianity. He hates the libs. He That's all conservatism libs. means anymore. That's the only ideology. Blind obedience to this bloated reality show landlord racist clown and owning the libs. Uh, thank you, Bill, for the call. Let me go to Bill in Jersey. You're on with Keith. Yeah, hi. You, hi. You know why they don't have TV cameras in the court there? Why? Cause why? Because the, all the because all the men are naked under the robes, and <laughs> all the more reason they they turn down the lights and burn penis candles, and oh. they put flashlights under their faces when they uh, give a verdict. Anyway, oh my God. Um, well. By the way, that's what Chris did with us the first time we worked together during the show at night. And I was like, is right. this how he always produces shows? I right. think. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was hot. I still do uh, it. But still, it was kind of weird the first time. Go ahead. It works. But anyway, yes. uh, quickly, uh, two things about the decision. You know, citing the 14th Amendment is insane because the 14th Amendment was created at the same time that they had Reconstruction in the South. It facilitated Reconstruction in the South, which is a pretty big uh, affirmative action program, if you'll say, you yes. know. I so agree. to use that against it is ridiculous. And I don't know if anybody knows about uh, Justice Thomas's personal life, that uh, he grew up what do you in want to know? Goa. Yeah, he was Goa. He didn't speak English until he was seven. He only spoke uh, Chiji. You know, I heard that. These were... Uh, uh, you know, people on the Georgia coast. And his mother forbade him to speak to white people because he only spoke that language, which was forbidden. Yeah. And so he was well, silent. he got over it. Of... <laughs> right, but anyway, right. But anyway, you know, he was a Black Panther. 
he was a uh, black separatist. And what? when he got into uh, university there, he was delighted in everything. And he oh, liked, honey, uh, well, I think you're thinking thing. of another you, Clarence you, Thomas. What, you, I was going to say, no, you got to no, find, no. find us oh, no, he was, for that He one. wasn't a Black Panther. He was in the Black Power movement, but he was never with the Black Panthers. He was a separatist. He wore the beret. Maybe he was an official member. I don't know. But he had a big afro and stuff. Anyway... Mm-hmm. But uh, when he got out, and that's how, wait, is that how you judge the protesters by their big afro? They said he, the sixties, the universities may have changed, but the world hadn't changed, and he wasn't getting hired because he was black. But yeah. he blamed it on affirmative action, saying all the people who wanted to employ oh, him didn't want him because he had gotten a special privilege that he didn't yeah. deserve. Yeah, he, he he admired the Black Panthers, he admired Malcolm X, but he, he decided he would rather grovel. He blamed it. On that, yeah, he has a he has a stack of rejection letters from all these uh, law firms he couldn't get into, and he took a uh, uh, cigar box stamp, with ten cent stamp, and he put it on his diploma, saying that's what it was worth. <laughs> and well, uh, so listen, he he found out he some, found out that groveling yeah. to racists and doing what they wanted paid a lot better than having a Malcolm X poster on his dorm room wall. Amen. But here's here's what I was just thinking, too. It's like since now that Justice Roberts has been able to bring the 14th Amendment into the conversation, when are we going to try to use then the 14th Amendment Section 3 and get rid of all of those damn insurrectionists that we call representatives like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert? Because That's right. you know, now, that, now that it's out there, it's like someone's managed to bring it in for some conversation. So if you can use that to take away rights or take away the opportunities for people to advance themselves in this world because of whatever systemic right. racism that we're having. Right. If you can do that, then we can pull that bitch out and get Ted Cruz and but, get Paul Gosar and get all of those other people right. And, right on. and have no qualms about it. But big picture, though, all this shit is going to be undone because they spent generations trying to get this stupid stuff uh, done. They they worked really hard. You shouldn't have to work hard for something that's good, and it's going to be gone. All those billions yeah. of dollars spent on overturning this and that, uh, because but it wasn't wasted time. It right. wasn't wasted time fighting for them. justice, fighting for equality, fighting not just to move beyond racism, but to undo racism, to balance out decades and centuries of systemic racism, yeah. fighting to level the playing field. Even if it doesn't always yeah. work, it's still always worth trying. What else are you going to do? Fucking right. watch Kardashians it, it, it and just, you know, play with your prick right. till you're 70? But, Get out there and fight. But all the effort, all the effort they bit went into for changing the, the state legislatures and everything, all leading to this big, uh, terrible thing, which is going to be undone, period. Nobody thinks yeah. this is going to last. Um, you know, abortion is going to come back. If it takes a decade or so, it doesn't matter. In the yeah. long but, run, but the fact that we have to wait a decade is the issue. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, but that's why this is a great time to be alive. You know, I mean, again, I'd rather be engaged and frustrated and still hang on to my humanity and care about other people and try to fight back against this uh-huh. than to just, you know, well, yeah, well, check out. I'm tired of, aren't you tired of being played by out of balance billionaires and and people with mental disorders or personality disorders who are in the government who are, like, running the shit. I've never I don't like this really before. get played by those people. I try to spot them early on and make fun of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's why we need comedians. 
Okay, I'll be on the road later this year. Thank you, man. Let me go really quick before the next break. Norm in uh, in Tampa. Thank you, Norm, for your patience. You're on with Keith. I'm in DeSantisburg. You know. Oh yeah, how's it going? Oh, hey, listen. Let me hear hey, listen. You know what you do, Norm? Just, just, just say the word "woke," and they'll think you're brilliant. This is just, just woke, say something woke, woke and woke. then woke bad, and, and, and that'll and make you seem. That's yeah. a misinterpret. You see what he's doing? That's slang for the awakening because we had an awakening back in the sixties. You know, no, we, we don't like that. We we want so. morally comatose. That's that's what real right. real Americans are comatose, <laughs> not woke. Right. So Go back to sleep, real Americans. Now, here's what's been happening here, and I'll get money to talk about this for the court. But, but, of course, you know, down here, I've, in, I've published two major articles in yourwithinthenorms.com. One deals with uh, this uh, this uh, the, this uh, war on drugs and how we should end it, and that here we had the DEA guys, you know, in bed with the uh, taking money from the cartels and uh, yes. they admit to it there's videos Always. and they're in bed with the, the the prostitutes that the cartels are supplying so that's why we have you know very effective very <laughs> ineffective a reduction of any drugs and 99 correct. so we'll read that article and stuff that we got. No, I, I will. Anyway, I will say the 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 the, the, co- the the cartels are always smart and always have the co-cores uh, ready. Right, that's that's right. So for we, major we corporate events <laughs> always works. Go on. Uh, and then the other thing, no, stand by. It, it means that uh, well, from what from what I understand, you know, it's it's so I can. I, it's like uh, the the book Glory. You know, I can. I'm good enough to stop bullets for you. But I'm not good enough to participate in in Boom. in in society. So then that's how what John Roberts said me? today. John yeah, Roberts well, is protecting affirmative action at military schools and killing right. it at mm-hmm. other academic academies right, because right. you still so need those black me, and brown folks to be your kid. cannon fodder. Right, you can send my kids to 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 China and 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 to uh, uh, um, to Ukraine to go fight for this country, and when they come back, their dad and mom have no voting rights and those sort of things. I think that we need mm. to raise this on the internet. How dare we talk about what the Russians are doing to the Ukrainians and the Chinese are doing to the Uyghurs when we're doing the same thing here to disrupt diversity. Yeah, and with respect to no no troops, no troops have been sent to China or Ukraine. Can I just get that out there? Uh, legal department just called. No American troops have been sent to China or Ukraine. And as Mandela has put it, you know, once we unite and we respect each other, diversity, we will become one nation. You see that all over South Africa. And stuff yeah. about diversity, inclusion, and, and affirmative action. There's a whole municipality of laws passed on that in South Africa that dealt with this stuff. That's and right. stuff. So what we're talking about, what they're talking about is, is and it affects the economic well-being of those who need to to, to to, to, to to get back those who are poor and uplift people. So what they're saying is is that we're excluded from the society. We there's no uh, uh, you know my Preach. dental degree and pharmacy degree don't mean a thing. It's not a a, a degree or or a, a certificate or a, or a law that is that 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 a thing that I have that anybody or any of my friends are bound to respect. So it means nothing, you know. It's all that crap that he tells about going to school. Look what we're look, 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 doing. We're like when they, and you live, we're back to apartheid. It's exactly what this looks like. I, 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 it's not not quite apartheid. Uh, it's bad. I, I don't want to disrespect apartheid by not it's yet. really shitty. Not yeah. quite apartheid. Not yet. Par- not on steroids yet. 
Well, read it's not, it's not apartheid until it's not apartheid until white people are a minority controlling everything. All right, and well, we then, got twenty-two then, years. Then for you that. need to then you read it. We pull up a, a South African character named Eugene Turablanc. Okay, and he, he not only did he act like not only did he act like Donald Trump, they wear the same uniform and did the very same thing in insurrection right yeah. after. The, this, the but Mandela got out of jail, and they wore the same outfits, the same things the Proud Boys do, and you could see that all they it, that yeah. boy, he said, boy, that looks like a like like Fascist what happened. Tricks. Read it, Terra, Eugene Terrablon. Just pull it up on YouTube, and you'll see what they what he talked. That's how Keith and I met. We were in a rent a mob at one time. That's how we first <laughs> met together. I got to run, yeah. Norm, but I thank you. You are within the norms. dot com. A quick reminder, we've got a great July 4th special tomorrow featuring Congresswoman Susan Wild, historian Kenneth C. Davis, uh, Professor Eli Merritt of Vanderbilt University. His amazing book is Disunion Among Ourselves, The Perilous Politics of the American Revolution. It turned out uh, they all hated each other, too, just like now. They really, they fucking hated each other, the founders. Southerners couldn't stand the Puritans in the Northeast. Northeast thought the Southerners were brutes, couldn't stand each other, but they realized, hey, we have to work together uh, or die, because that happens. And Kelly Richmond Pope, uh, professor of forensic accounting at DePaul University in Chicago, for her amazing book, Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories, and Secrets from the Billion-Dollar Fraud Industry. Man, fraud it keeps getting more popular. We're even electing fraudsters president now. Keith Price, it's so good to have you with us. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep track of all you're doing, sir? They can find me at Comedy Daddy on the Twitter and KeithPriceComic.com for everything else. Uh, Mitch from you know? Kent State, welcome. You're on with Keith. Thank you, John. Thank you, Keith. Hey, Mitchie. Hi. Thank you. Uh, John, uh, just echoing uh, Joe earlier, yeah, this issue one here, it has to go down because it has so much residual effect on gerrymandering, on uh, you know, abortion rights, everything else. It has to go down. Vote no. All you Ohioans listening out there, it's, it's, it's got to be defeated. Uh, it's just not fair. Uh, you know, yeah. 60-40 is not fair. It's, it should be just plus one uh, you know, at 50. And also, uh, John, my wife works in the university here. She teaches at the College of Public Health, and the, and the president did uh, release a letter today about the uh, affirmative action. Uh, they continue to uh, ex- uh, pr- you know, promote diversity. You know, it, the university here is one of the, you know, as far as the most, one of the most liberal universities in the United States, and they st- could still continue to uh, promote that and to, uh, you know, equal equality for all as far and as... And by the way, they'll continue to. Colleges yes. don't want to have all white or all Asian student populations. They will continue to find ways to have college makeups that look like America and exactly. right-wing malcontents will continue to try to sue to make them stop this because this was never about helping Asian kids. This was never about helping white kids. Right. This was about no longer helping black kids get into university. We don't yeah, need to do it anymore. Look, Everything's better now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, John. And then, uh, well, well, Michigan, you know, we got to go, Michigan. Mitch. We're out of time, brother. I'm okay. so, so sorry, but I thank you so much for calling. And I want to thank all of our callers, all of our guests, the great Joe Sudbay and the exquisite Keith Price. Uh, thank you, Aww. Thea Harper. And thank you, Chris Hauselt. And thanks all of you guys. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your call. We'll get you next time. Keep it tuned to progress. Have a great 4th of July. Steal a parking space from an Indian person and break up with a British person. You'll feel authentic. We'll see you next time. <laughs>